All right, all right, all right. It's through the A with Razorback Dave and the Comma Fan Zone, Austin Dunstan. And Austin, the only thing that would have made it sweeter Saturday night is if everybody could have been there. Man, that was that was a sweet one, wasn't it? God, oh my gosh. Oh man. And, <laughs> and I probably had the best seats I've ever had in I, Razorback Stadium. Oh yeah. You know. Absolutely. All, all, all of the touchdowns scored were right there. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm doing the show remotely tonight, and I got a phone call all of a sudden. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if I lost you or what. No, no, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, but, yeah, that, 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 the atmosphere, even though that you know there was not any tailgating, there was, what, what did they say, 16,000 people Something in the like stand. that, I believe, yeah. And they had them spaced out pretty good. I mean, it looked like they were they – were, most of the – and the, the, what Razorback Stadium had done Saturday night was um, they had put chairbacks in all of the seats that they had sold. So on both sides and in the upper decks on both sides, they had the stadium seats that they typically rent to season ticket holders. They were all – and there were very few of those that were empty. There weren't many at all. They, no. Well, they, clearly they sold all the tickets they intended to sell. But that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody that had a ticket came to the game. But most of the seats were filled, uh, and so it was, a, it was a pretty good crowd. You know, they had that piped-in crowd noise uh, that you really didn't notice it until they turned it off. Yeah. For some reason, they would turn it off like at the end of a quarter, or maybe sometimes in the break. Uh, and the only thing I can figure it was on a loop, and they just had to start it all over. And I figured while they were, you know. TV was out to commercial. That was the best time to do it. Yeah. Um, I thought it came in handy at the end of the game when we were, you know, when the defense kicked it in and we were making noise and trying to keep, you know, really at the end, the only excitement was whether or not we were going to shut them out in the second half or not. Yeah. Honestly. So I, I really, I really thought that, uh, that that can crowd noise still got better. And I tell you, the one thing that I'm looking forward to is now with that North end zone enclosed, we're going to be able to make a lot more noise in that stadium. Oh yeah, well we I'm, we always lost noise at the at the north end of that stadium. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why you know people. I'm sorry. No, Go ahead. You're okay. I was just going to say. I mean, we were pretty loud with just sixteen thousand five hundred people in there, or whatever it was. I mean, yes, a lot of it. I mean, I wouldn't even say a lot of it was was. Uh, pumped noise i mean it really seemed like the crowd was really into the game the first half wasn't great um because of of course the hogs got off to a slow start but whenever the hogs scored on that touchdown then the vols went three and out everybody in that stadium was into it and it was loud and i mean yes the pumped noise obviously added to it but even without it i think it still would have been pretty that gum loud i think it would have been i think you're right and i and i really think with as few people as there were in that stadium it's a testament to what it's going to be like when it's full and that that end zone is enclosed, you know, back in the day they used to gripe because you can only get fifty five thousand in War Memorial Stadium, and War Memorial Stadium in the heat of the moment is louder than seventy five thousand in Razorback Stadium. And I always attributed that to Sonics and architecture. And I think that now what they have done with the stadium in Fayetteville, the Sonics are going to be such when you put when you stack eighty thousand rabid Razorback fans in that sucker. It's gonna get loud. Well, you know, I really thought that they could they could honestly have fit a lot more seats than they did in that new extension. I mean, oh yeah. It, they, I mean, there's just sections. Oh, wow. It looks like they maybe added a, a thousand seats. I don't really even know if that. 
It just didn't they seem a, like forty five forty five hundred plus a suite. Is it really, really that much? I didn't know that. Yeah, um, they they really they really built that for the suite. Well, and and you and, and, and you the, also and have the, to think though that that's that also includes a standing room only section as well. Yeah, yeah if if, yeah. I, if I'm remembering this, which correctly. they're not using right now. Yeah, right. Uh, which they're not using right now. But man, what a ball game! Oh my Arkansas gosh. gets the win, twenty four to thirteen. Started out, you know, thirteen to nothing, and you and I were uh, checking real estate. So that we wouldn't have to come back to Nashville. I was not excited. If we lost that ball game, nope. And it was it was they they almost ruined the perfect weekend. But <laughs> I don't know what Sam Pittman told them at halftime, but whatever it was, it worked. But he he said in his in his interviews post game and then and, and subsequent interviews since then that they started towards the end of the second quarter, started figuring out what they were trying to do with the run game, the blocking schemes, the double teams. And and that's how they you know they shut them down held them to a field goal really right before the half. Yeah. So well, well, they really thought they'd come out in the second half and shut them down, well, and they did. If you'll remember, I mean, me and you sat right next to each other along with Anna, my girlfriend. Great seats, as as we said. But if you'll remember, yes, a lot of it was part of my hatred for Tennessee. But I kept looking you in the, at you in the first half and saying they cannot hang with us. We are a better no, football uh, team than they are. And I think, if I remember correct, I think that might have been what Bumper Pool said without saying it directly. I think Pittman at halftime just told him, guys, look, I mean, we're down 13-0. to zero. It could be a lot better. Uh, it could be a lot more. But the reason it's not is because you guys are a better football team. You're more prepared. Yeah. You have more heart. And you, you just got to keep playing. He said you got to limit your mistakes. And you got to go out there and play like you're the better team on the football field. And in the second half, it proved it. And we witnessed the end of Jeremy Pruitt's career. And I am absolutely ecstatic probably witnessed the start of it i hope they leave him there for a couple more years myself <laughs> well, i mean at this point for tennessee they're just I, delaying I the that, inevitable you know i was just upset when they fired butch jones because yeah. butch was our best friend no, see, and i'm not so sure jeremy's not better <laughs> well see so why do you want to don't, don't fire, I'll, t- don't I'll fire tell you why I'll, I'll tell you why <laughs> I'll tell you why i want them to fire jeremy pruitt and get another coach it's because nothing brings me more joy in this life, then the Tennessee fans get a new coach like Butch Jones, like Jeremy Pruitt, Pruitt, calling him Jesus Christ, the man who walks on water. He's going to take us to the promised land. And then just three years later, later, their dreams are crushed and they're crying for a new coach. There is nothing more satisfying to me than that. And that's why I wanted to go ahead and fire Jeremy Pruitt, get somebody else in there, give him a contract extension that he didn't deserve, and then be calling for his head the next season. I absolutely love well. it. Love it. You know, that's why they call them fans, because they're fanatics. Yeah, they're stupid, you know, too. I, no I, offense. I, no, not actually offense <laughs> intended. <laughs> All right, so let's go Let's go through the first half. You know, we, we, yeah. we struggled in the first half. We struggled offensively to a point. I think mostly the struggles in the first half offensively were play calls. And, and it, it, you know, it always strikes me as funny when – uh, you know, you and I were sitting in there, and I, if I'm griping about the play calling or, or, or whatever, let's, for the sake of the argument, we're going to say it's the play calling. I always think it's funny. If I'm doing that, and then a coach comes out in the post-game interview and defends the play calling of the offensive coordinator, then you know what that means? That I am not the only one that thinks the play calling was crap. Well, yeah. Because otherwise, why would he mention that? He didn't have time to look on the Internet. Well, it's because he was well, he was asked a question about it. Was he? Well, yeah. well it, yeah. it was poor. Well, you know, and you've heard me. I said it on last week's show. We do not have exactly the type of offensive team that Kendall Browse needs to do everything that he really loves to do. And you know, 
we always equate everything to Madden or NCAA 14 or whatever. But you have play when you when you go and have you got plays that you like to run. But if you take those same plays and put them on a team that's like got a full team total of 78 numerically, they ain't gonna be able to run those plays. They're gonna get stuck. Well, and I think sometimes maybe we try specific. We we literally ran Raheem Boyd through the same hole three times in a row. Well, hear me out. What was Pittman's answer to that question? That he he, <laughs> I loved his answer. He said, "Well, <laughs> I, he said I, I said I don't think uh, Kendall would have called that play if he knew it wasn't going to work." <laughs> I mean, there. I mean, Kendall's Kendall's not out there trying to call plays that don't work, and I get I, what you're saying too. That. Well, I, I well, my point is, is I'm not making four hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and I know that. Well, so you are you well, I got two questions. Are are you saying that you would be a better offensive coordinator than Kendall Bryles is my first question. I think that I could give input that would be valuable. Uh okay, that wasn't the question. But uh two Oh no, oh, you, no, no. Clear, clearly I don't understand the inner workings of blocking okay. teams and and that, and that and, you know, but how, you know, his I think each one of his receivers has three options on every route they run, you know, something that's way over my head. Okay. But I'm just talking about typical, you know, I, you're going to run left, you're going to run right, you're going to throw left, you're going to throw right, or you're going to throw over the middle. That's it. Okay, well, here's, and all I'm here's talking my about second is maybe question. you don't run left three times in a row. Here's my second question, okay? All right. I my, my my two questions has now turned into three. Uh, my second question. <laughs> <laughs> we got that kind of time. Yeah, we got plenty of time. Uh, my all second right. question is: Do you think Kendall Brown should be fired? No, okay. not at all. And lastly, here here's the thing: He's our dog. Yeah. I don't want nobody kicking our dog. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Okay. I, I get. It. I get no, it. Yeah. I, I love the guy. I don't want him to go anywhere. I was. Call- I'm, I'm perfectly happy with him being the man. Well, to be fair, I, I mean, if, if you remember cr- correctly, I was calling for everybody's head at halftime. I mean, I was. Oh, call- yeah. I was everybody you calling. Had everybody. Well, fired. I also Kyle said Parkinson. <laughs> you had Kyle Parkinson fired for the game. Oh yeah, don't even get me started on that one. Um, <laughs> but my third, my third question for you, and I think this is the one that really matters to Razorback fans. Okay. Do you think our offense is in a better place than it was a year ago today? Absolutely. There you go. That's my o- that's my only thing. He's a better no, offensive well, okay. coordinator than right. what we had. So now let me ask you a question. Okay. When was the last time we were able as fans to nitpick our offense? Uh, Tyler Wilson. Okay. So, I mean, you know, we're due. I, oh no! I agree, one hundred percent. Look, we're sitting here I complaining mean, about a win. And when is the last I, time right. we got to complain about a win? That is absolutely my point. That's absolutely my point. I mean, last year we were sitting here griping because we couldn't get our shoes tied before we come out of the locker room. <laughs> hey, well, I'm not dogging you. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just trying to get no, off. No, I know. You I, know I, how I know. it goes. I know. I know. But I, you know, as as they are, we're all striving to be better. Absolutely. And I and I and I really think if that. And I think sometimes coaches and people do it in business too. I mean, I, I watch things happen every day in business where people they get it in their mind that's got to be this way, or maybe maybe it's an ego thing, or you know whatever. But but when 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 they came out in that third quarter, son, they were ready to play. They're fired. They were ready to they? play offensively, but stay in the first half with me defensively. Okay. I turned I turned to you and I said, I see what they're doing because yeah. we were sitting in the end zone. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to I'm I'm adding another list of the things I'm advocating for on coaching staff. All right. Somebody should be in the end zone watching the game. Yeah. 
I would put somebody in each end. I'd put a coach in each end zone, taking notes on a headset, seeing what you and I saw. Yeah. Went in the first half because all Tennessee was doing, they were they were double down. They were wanting to run the left. They were going to double down to the left. They were going to pull the guard, bring him around, and get everybody on the defense flowing to their right. Yeah. And that running back was getting to the line and 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 just looking for the gap that gets created. When you get the defense to get out of position, mm-hmm. and he'd find it, and phew, he'd just take one little cutback, and did just kind of the same thing Derek Henry does for the Titans, you know. But it it does it develops a little bit slower than say what it does in the pros. You don't have to react quite as fast. But that's what they were doing. And then when you know, I'm pretty sure you started to see it after I pointed it out, or maybe even before. But the point is, that's all that they were really doing. They were they were using the eye candy with the blocking schemes and the double teams and, and what they were trying to do as, as, as a way to focus the eyes of the t- Arkansas defense in a direction. And then that running back was just coming to the line and making a read, and then phew, he was gone. And, and they killed us. I think they had like a 132 rushing yards in the first half. It was a that, lot. But, now – to be fair, I couldn't tell you either one of their running backs' names. Ty Chandler and not... Eric Gray. Well, I don't think Eric oh, Gray actually so. actually played, though. I don't know. I don't you know, know who was playing. So it was pretty evident that they made the adjustment there towards the end of the third, second quarter. And then when they came out in the third quarter, 17-play drive, touchdown, kicked it back to Tennessee, three plays and out. It was over at that point. And pretty much what Arkansas, the adjustment that they made was, is they had their pressure designed to push towards the boundary in the first half. And they caught those cutback blocks towards the middle of the field. They ended up uh, adjusting their pressure back to the field. So they weren't quite as out of position as they were, say, you know, early in the ball game. I guess they thought that Tennessee was going to try to run around them. And then they actually was going to – they decided to try to run through them just with some misdirection and, and, and some blocking schemes that maybe – you know, you realize Sam Pittman used to work on the same coaching staff as Jim Chaney. So Pittman knows what all of Chaney's blocking schemes are and what he's trying to do with the blocking schemes and where, you know, you can typically watch the offensive line and figure out where the, uh, where the ball is going to go right. most of the time. So, you know, I think maybe Jim Chaney probably decided, designed something that maybe could confuse us for a little while, and it worked until we figured it out. And yeah. then – you know, it was Katie bar the door at that point, and that made for a great second half. Which, uh, you know, if you want to, we can hit a break, and I'll and we'll come back and talk about it. Yeah, sounds good to me. We're gonna hit a break. We'll be right back. More through the A right after this. business free from infection is serious business. Are you making sure your employees and customers are safe with solutions that are truly safe for them to use? If you're asking employees to use disinfectant all day, every day, make sure it's the right choice. If you want your customers to be safe, use the best products. Waltz D is an EPA-registered hard surface disinfectant that is FDA-approved for food contact surfaces. It's a new era of clean, built for the new normal. An environmentally friendly disinfectant that is safe, 
effective, and sustainable. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. I was just channeling my inner Bob Ross. While I've got your attention, you should go ahead and follow The Common Fan on Twitter, at The Common Fan. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram, at The Common Fan Official, as well as YouTube, The Common Fan Official. All podcast platforms are just The Common Fan. We'll be right back. Thank God. All right, and we're back through the A. Coming to you remotely tonight uh, from Nashville and Cookville, Tennessee. Uh, remember, go to store.avcare.com. Use your code TCF20. I had to go slow there because I think <laughs> I screwed that up a couple weeks ago. You got it. You're good. TCF20. TCF, I got good news for you. They were, they're paying on the codes this week. Oh, so. big time. Big time. That's huge. <laughs> you'll be you'll be excited to know. It's going to be a good week for the Common Fan. There we go. Sounds and good. Through the A is the Common Fan pod. Check out everything. CommonFanOfficial.com. The blogs, the shows, the comments. Anything you can think of, links. There's no telling what they've got on that website, so you got to go check it out. That's the CommonFanOfficial.com. I try to stay out of it, but I will drop a, a blog on there every now and then. Every once in a while you get on there. Every once in a while. So my, I don't know what kind of superstitions you have at Razorback Games, but one of them, you, you're, you're going to laugh at mine. What's that? And you, you already know what it is. Is I don't – it's bad luck for me to call the hogs before while the game is in doubt yeah i agree so that means once the ball once the game kicks off until i know we've won the game i can't call the hogs yeah i, I you've I, rubbed I, off I, I don't I, do it I, either it's, it's like a law i'll do the i'll so do the hand motions i'll do the hand motions I and i might i might throw motions. a razorbacks in there at the end but i don't go through the woo pig suey until, I, until yeah, we have it won can't do it uh if i buy a hat game day and I wear it, and we lose. I can't ever wear it again. Yeah, I bought and, it. You bought me a hat game day. Yeah, and and it brought us. Some, you could. I mean, that's, we'll be able to ride that hat for a while. Yep. You know. know. And then the other thing is back when the world was right, and they served Coca Cola in Razorback Stadium instead of Pepsi. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's messed up. I would would have a cup with ice and Coke, and the Coke cannot run out. So I yeah. literally, folks, let me tell you something. Saturday night. We were back in the ball game. I think we may have finally gone ahead. <laughs> and I reached to get the last little drip of Pepsi out of <laughs> and, and I also looked at me and said, you're not going to drink that, are you? <laughs> said, uh, well, yeah, you're right. So I, I put it down. So I left it. It was just like a little, what my grandfather would call a spider leg yeah. in the bottom of this giant <laughs> Pepsi bottle. And we opened another one and drank on it. So the game was over. Uh, and then after the clot ran out, I drank that last little swallow. Yeah. Out of the other one. What happened was, is you, you drank it. You drank And I looked at you, I said, you, you did not seriously just drink the rest of that. And you looked at me and they're like, there's a little bit left. I was like, well, don't touch there's it. There's a little bit left. I was like, we, we had just, ta- we were up 14 to 13. And I was like, are you kidding me? He I really know, I drank the same thing at home. Oh, oh my gosh, man! I about lost my mind right there. I was losing my mind all night though. Poor Anna, man. Know, she had to deal were... with us. Poor little well, kid in front funny... of me, man. I was I was saying some things that he, were a little bit too old for him to hear. Well, and the funny part about that though is you learned those things when you were about his age <laughs> at a Razorback game. 
15 years ago. So, that's you what know, I was, that's what, what, I was goes, what goes around comes around. I know. You know? I, was, I was back there saying some pretty questionable things. I mean, I was running my mouth to the players and whatnot because, it, it, you know, they could probably hear us. There wasn't that many people in there. They were on the goal line. I was just letting them know. <laughs> but I don't remember which touchdown it was. I think it might have been the 58-yard touchdown pass to Traylon Burt. Yeah, probably. And we were just we were, you and I were bear hugging. <laughs> up and, down and, and I looked over to Anna was kind of sitting there looking at us like, Am I safe here? <laughs> so we just reached and grabbed her and started jumping up and down with us. Man. I, she probably may never go back up there again, but she she certainly had for your that to be her first Razorback game. That was a hell of a game. And, you know, and and considering law school up there, she's been accepted. Congratulations to her on that. Absolutely. Go I mean that there could not have been a better trip. No, I mean it was a perfect. You know, I mean it was. I mean a if she did, ends up not going there, then she must be going to the Garden of Eden because <laughs> that was the that was the perfect weekend. I mean it was beautiful weather. Mm-hmm. We got to tour the campus. I got to tour the business school. She toured the law school. We got to watch a little bit of the band practice. We saw all the facilities. Ate at the best places around town. And then you know it would have been a good weekend without the Hogs win, but that was just the cherry on top. You know. It would have been, and you know, we we would have survived it. Oh, it would have been, it been a lot, I think the ride home would have been a lot longer. But yeah, uh, yeah. The second half, you know, Razorbacks they come out, drive was it seventy five yards and seventeen plays. Yeah, touchdown Put it in the end zone. Kick it back, three and, three and out. Come again. Put it in the end zone. Uh, and I'm literally when Mike Woods was coming down the sideline, he stepped out of bounds at the six. But had he just kept running, he would have run right into my arms. Yeah, I was I was standing there on on the, what were we on like row ten. Yeah, we were on and 10. when he was coming, he's coming down the sideline. I just hold my hands up, like you know when a little <laughs> kid runs at you. Yeah, you know, and you're gonna and when you get to you're gonna pick him up and swing him around. That's how I was, had my arms out, I was standing in the end zone. With my arms had he like, oh, had he made it to you, you might have done it. <laughs> oh no, if he'd have got to me, I would have been swinging him around like a baby. Come to Papa, just come to Papa. <laughs> Uh, little, oh. little, well, and that was the cool thing, and you noticed it too, because there weren't that many. So when I played music, I think the most, the biggest audience I ever played for one night was two hundred thousand people in Detroit. Yeah. Okay. And when you walk out in front of two hundred thousand people, you don't see anybody's face. Right. You don't. You really don't see anything. It's just colors and shapes because they all just kind of merge on yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, but when you're playing, you know, in a group, say like what what we were in the end zone Saturday night, you know, what in our section, what was there? You know, hundred people in our section, maybe two hundred, if, if that spread out, spread out really good. So when when Woods and Burks and those guys were getting, and they were scored, they scored all their points right there, right in our face. Yeah. So, but but you know when when they would they would get done, they'd gather and they'd do their thing, and then they would look up in the stands and beat their chest. And and they could see it. Oh yeah, I was you beating know, and, my chest with. I was pointing at him. I, I was like, "Let's go, boy!" <laughs> I know. I think you got some bruises. Didn't man, you? I do, man. My my arm is. I'm sore from my <laughs> neck to my wrist and my right arm, and my left pectoral muscle is got a deep bruise. I'm on the IR. I mean, I'm out for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, that that was that was that was a really. That was a part of it I had never got to experience because yeah. typically if you're in a stadium with that few people in it, your team must suck really bad. Oh yeah, you know. So and that was typ- clearly not the case, but but yeah, being able to interact with those players like that, even as far away as they were, yeah, 
And you know, uh, let's see, uh, the little guy that does the, that was doing the field reporting for ESPN, he stood between us and the camera for his interview coming out of halftime. Oh, yeah. And bless his heart, Coach Pitt was standing between us and the camera at the end of the ballgame when they were doing his post game. You could actually see us walking up the stairs going out of the stadium at the end really? at, at the end of his interview. Yeah. Man, was, I, I didn't want to leave. leave. I didn't want to leave. No, <laughs> That's what leave. I was saying too, man. I didn't want to go. I wanted to sleep right there on the fifty yard line, man. Well, just leave uh, the yeah. score up. Leave the scoreboard on. Everybody get out. Yeah. Give me a sleeping bag. I'm staying. So uh Jason Catalan Jalen Catalan, uh defensive player of the week. Stud. Named it named again. Uh that, Coach Pitt failed his second COVID test this morning. Yeah, let, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Um it's, uh, I, do what Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, 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 because no, I, I know where you want to I know where I want to go with it. You go you go first. Well, I was just gonna say, man, that's I hate that for Pittman. because, uh, you know, he genuinely I think he follows every single protocol. Um, he takes it very seriously. He wants to be out there with that team. I mean, he's hurt that he can't be out there. I watched his presser today uh, after I, after we all found out that he had tested positive. Actually, yesterday, excuse me, uh, that he had tested a positive. And, he, you know, the part that hurt him the most was that he couldn't be out there with Felipe Franks going back to, you know, the swamp because Pittman's the one yeah. that pulled him away. And now he's going to go out there and, and be there without, without Pittman. So I really hate it for the guy. Um, yeah. But you know, and he, but good. Thank God, it's he's asymptomatic. Um, I yeah. think he's doing okay. As last last I heard, uh, he was in good spirits. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think he said he was. He's going to be bored because uh, there's not a lot. He there's not much he can do. I mean, Nick Saban during this time um, was virtually at practice. Pittman said he said there's no point in me me doing that. And he said I trust my coaches. Um, yeah. They'll get practice going. All I really do is I. I observe, you know, every drill that goes on, and I offer this here and there. I talk to the players, you know, uh, what a head coach does, um, and he controls the timing. And so I think they're going to have a GA step up uh, and do the timing, and the rest is going to be business as usual. I, I believe Barry Odom has been named the interim head coach, which is, I think, it's big time. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's because he's he comes from head coaching experience at Missouri. Exactly. You know, it's it 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 will not be the same as having Coach Pitt there, but. I think all these guys have developed relationships with these players that I don't, I don't think there must be. And, you know, it's probably, you know, uh, Pittman's not a control freak like Saban is. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I listened to uh, Razorback Daily earlier today and they had uh, somebody from Alabama's beat writers on talking about the week that Alabama spent with Saban on the COVID list and, you know, he was. They had him set up with Zoom cameras, and he was able to interact with the players. And you know, he was when if they'd run a drill he didn't like, he'd make them run it again or whatever. <laughs> but you know, he's. But you know what he said? He says it looked like one of the best weeks of practice they ever had with him not there. Well, you know, I have I <laughs> have know. a conspiracy theory about this. Um, right. I personally, I, whenever things are going great. Whenever you got the talent, I don't know how much a coach really does. I mean, yeah. the coaches are very important, right. but I think that Alabama's going to be Alabama whether Nick Saban's there or not, at least this year, because they've got the talent. I mean, they got the swagger. They're Bama. They know. I'm wondering if maybe Nick Saban was like, "Well, oh, maybe I need to, you know, I need to keep showing that I'm here, so they can't, so they don't steal the limelight away yeah. from me." So it's still yeah. about me well. being the best coach in the history of football, and not so much about my players being great. And I know that I don't know Nick Saban personally. I don't know if he's that kind of guy. That's just a conspiracy theory I have. I don't know. 
Well, he comes off as as pretty egotistical, you know. But, you I know, would be when too you think, if I was the when best you football you, coach in football history. Well, you know, college, you know, I said the same thing about David Foster. Everybody says David Foster, the record producer, he's just such a jerk. And I say, yeah, well. When he sits down at his piano, he's got sixteen Grammys sitting on it. Exactly. So, so he kind of he 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 earned to that. be the jerk. Yeah, yeah, you get you earn you earn you pay the cost to be the boss. I guess. Yeah. Um, but but I, I I don't think Sam's a control freak. I think I think he is the perfect CEO of a well-staffed corporation. You know, real I quick, mean, I want to ask I want to ask you a question because you're obviously. Right. Uh, way older than me, oh, right? Way old older. school. Yeah, way older. Yeah, <laughs> I'm old enough to be your daddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but when was the last time Arkansas had a head football coach that was as loved as Sam Pittman? Because I, from um, my perspective, I absolutely love Sam Pittman. I think you love Sam Pittman. Everybody loves the guy, right? When's the I, last time I we think, had a coach that was that lovable? I think everybody loved Ken Hatfield. Okay. Well, what, when was, was a that? Former player. He well, it was 88, 89. He coached for five years after. I think he was Broyles' first hire when Broyles stepped down as head coach to be athletic. He, you know, when, when Frank Broyles retired, he was the head football coach and the athletic director. And when he stepped down, he when he stepped down as coach, uh, he, uh, you know what? Maybe I think maybe somebody else came before Hatfield. No. It would have had to have been Hatfield because Danny Ford and, and, and those guys came in the early 90s. So, yeah, uh, he, Frank was beloved. But Frank, I don't know how beloved he was at first, but at the end he was he was way beloved. I think everybody loved Kemp Hatfield. A lot of people loved Houston Nutt when he got there. Yeah. You know, he just – he just well, well, and the thing about Houston Nutt, love him or hate him, he loved Arkansas like Sam Pittman loves Arkansas. and But – I always you you've asked me this a time or two. The only other person that has come to Arkansas who has that has sought the job out was Frank Rolls. Right. Frank Sam, Sam Pittman. If you go back and read the history of how Frank Rolls got to Arkansas, he came from he didn't come from the University of Georgia, but you know where he was. Where's that? He was at he was at Georgia Tech. Ah. Frank Rolls was at Georgia Tech. Waiting for John Fulbright uh, to hire him, right? Yeah. You know, John Ful. And, and he used to tell the story. He said, you know, the phone rang. He he said, uh, Coach Rose, this is John Fulbright. He said, Coach, I thought you'd never call. <laughs> he wanted that. He wanted that job like Sam Pittman wanted that job, and he was successful for all the, for all the, for all the same reasons. And he was successful. You know, I think. Yeah, and I think you know Pittman's a different kind of coach than Frank Rolls was. Frank Rolls came up came up in the fifties and sixties, coached into the seventies. You know, he. Yeah. I think Lou Holtz was first after, and now I'm I'm right about that. Lou Holtz took over after Lou Holtz was Rolls' first hire. He hired uh, uh, Holtz from. He'd been at Minnesota and he coached the New York Jets for a little while, and then he came to Fayetteville uh, when when Lou Holtz when uh, Rolls retired. I got you. Hey, so. Well, 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 listen to He's me. He's the guy. Listen to me. I, I agree. I absolutely love Sam Pittman. Uh, real quick, we're going to have to go to a break right after this, but I just wanted to say that Sam Pittman hiring Barry Odom is has right now, I mean, it was genius in the beginning, but how good does that look right now? Oh, it, it looks I, – I think – and Sam Pittman has never come out and said this, 
but I went back yesterday afternoon and watched the press conference the the day you know the day they introduced him as the head coach. Yeah. You know, well, they set the stage up in the indoor facility, and they had the band, and you know, they introduced him, and he cried a little. He was really emotional. Yeah. And he was talking about what he's learned about recruiting and and what it takes to get these good players to to a place like Fayetteville is the coaching staff. Yeah. So he's. I think he has. Where, like I say, he has not come out and said it. But I believe he took less money than maybe another coach might have, than maybe a Brett Bielema would have taken, or certainly less than, than Lane Kiffin would have taken. Yeah. But he's still going to spend that same amount of money that those two guys would have spent. I just think he's going to spend it on his assistant coaches. And he understands if he can get the best guys in the business, and that at, that t- at that time it was Barry Odom and Kendall Browse, and then let those guys get the best guys to – run their sides of the ball that he can use that to recruit the better players to get them ready for the NFL. I don't, I mean, did, did you happen to notice, I don't, have you watched a replay of the game yet? I have not. Okay. So what you're going to see, if you watch a replay of the game, it's on the DVR, watch the end. And when the game's over, watch keep watching it and look at how many of the Tennessee football players saw Sam Pittman out to hug his neck. Yeah, I, I was. It, I, I it saw a tweet about that. It will blow your mind. It will blow your mind. I saw a tweet about that. Well, look how we're, we're, many that there, there were that did that. I, I'll have to go. I saw a tweet about that. But look, we're up against a break. We're gonna go back. We're gonna go to a quick break, real quick. We'll come back. We'll finish off the show. We'll finish off your thoughts. We'll be right back after this. getting sick to stay safe the cdc recommends you do five things one wash your hands two keep your hands away from your face three cough or sneeze into your elbow four keep your distance five if you're not feeling well stay in when you can't get to soap and water use an alcohol-free hand sanitizer like waltz free it's a lotion that's also a powerful hand sanitizer that works in just 15 seconds lasts four times longer and won't damage or dry out your hands even if you use it many times a day all right we're rolling snap enough enough hi didn't see you there but while i've got your attention let me get you to go ahead and follow our socials. You can follow us at The Common Fan on Twitter, The Common Fan Official on Instagram and YouTube, and then all other podcast platforms is just The Common Fan. Can I get some more makeup in here? Makeup! All right, welcome back through the A, a podcast from the common fan with our Razorback Dave and the common fans on Austin Dunson and Austin I, I would love to have some other is there anything better than just getting on the radio and, and talking about the Razorback no I mean, there's not I, I mean I, don't I, think I, hated, I hated to cut you off there but we were going a little long man I, 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 hey, I could sit here and talk about this for you know it's funny hold on real quick before you get into what you're about to say Anna <laughs> after we after we got we got home uh, we finally got made it back to Cookville and she looked at me and she said, 
do you realize that you and your dad talked about that football game for four straight hours? And I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, what? What's she talking about before or after? After the game. She's like, you oh, talk, yeah. you guys talked about the Razorbacks <laughs> from Fayetteville all the way to West Memphis and did not skip a beat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a secret. It's not really a secret. And I, I'm going to try to tell it without getting emotional, but I'm 58 years old. My dad is 83, I guess. Sounds about right. And when, whenever, you know, we could be mad or, or anything in the world could be going on. We could not be getting along. We could disagree about everything in the world. There's never a time we can't talk Razorback football. Yeah. Not ever. And you know what? I got that same relationship with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, I'm telling you, we've had games before that made us not talk. For, <laughs> for Oh, yeah, but it's because we – Oh, I, look, hey, my dad walked out of my house. The, the years Clinton Sterner fumbled. Oh, did not God. Fall. Ruined my whole life. Ruined my we life. Were, we, were, we went to – he'd come over from West Memphis. We were living in Spring Hill. He and my he and I and my brother in law rode over to Knoxville for the ball game and witnessed that debacle and came home and the next we didn't speak to each other for a couple of days. I mean <laughs> we hey, I remember we were sitting at the kitchen table the next morning and he would he was mad, I was mad, we wouldn't talk. I mean and he just finally got up and walked out my front door and I looked over at my mom, my mom said well, I guess we're leaving. And I got in the car and drove back to Memphis right then. Yeah, and I, no, I believe we, it. I don't think we talked for a week. And so I, it was my fault that Sterner fumbled. I believe I, it. I, but, you know, and I've never watched that game. You know, and I heard no. uh, Anthony Lucas maybe or one of the players from that team was talking about that game said, no, nah, he'd never gone back to watch it and probably won't ever. Who, Clint Sterner? But, uh, no, it wasn't Clint. I'm Clint's had a hard time not seeing it, but yeah, some of the, none of the other players has ever gone back and watched that game. You know, you know what's what I think was, was oh, kind of it dumb. was Joe Dean Davenport is who it was. It was oh. Joe Dean Davenport. You know, Clint tied in for the race. You know what I think was kind of dumb. Uh, they had Clint Sterner um, narrate the hype video. Yeah, right? and the open yeah. and the and, the, and the, and the dumb part. The dumb part. It. Yeah, the dumb part was that they opened it with him fumbling. Like, what? Yeah. Are, what are you doing? Like what? Uh, what uh, well, whose idea? Like I get, I get it. Like I get the idea behind it, right? I get, you know, yeah. we 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 fumbled and then we came back and we whooped up on them in '99. You know, yeah, I get it. But, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah. like open it with Joe Adams' See? punt return. Open them. Open it with that the most what you called the most emotional touchdown in, in Razorback history. You know, the one which was uh, at home against Tennessee. Uh, right in after 99. in '99, after Brandon Burlesworth had died, you know, and 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 Clint Snyder looks up to the sky and points up, you know, gives me chills just thinking about. It. Open it up with that, right? Let's well, not talk about what? the fumble anymore. We get it. We know we gave Tennessee the national championship, but that you know what? We've had their oh, yeah. number ever since. Well, you know, and the reason that I say that that is emotional. Well, and you've heard a recording that I have of like twenty or thirty touchdown Arkansas calls by Paul Eels. Yes. And I can pick that touchdown Arkansas call out of a, an ocean yeah. of touchdown Arkansas calls. When I hear that call, I know exactly which touchdown it was when I hear that call. Because, like you say, it was the most emotional thing. And, yes, Clint Sterner did look up the sky, but what you don't remember, what you don't even know because you were barely one. eight year old. <laughs> yeah, what you don't know is if it's on that radio broadcast 
Paul Lills said, I just can't help but think that Brandon Burlesworth's looking down right now. Yeah, right. I agree. I mean, that's, uh, you know, but that's, uh, moral of the story is that's how I'm opening up the, the hype video. I'm not starting it with that because that just hurts. It still hurts everybody to this day. It hurts me, and I wasn't oh, yeah. even one years old yet. <laughs> it ruined my entire uh, life as a Razorback fan because as many yeah, times as many times as we beat the Volunteers, and as sweet as that is, we can never go back in time and say Clint Sterner that's just true. fall that's on the true. football. They'll have that over us forever. But okay, look, that's enough about except the, that they've only they've only beat us one time since then. That's what I told you. We've had, had their number ever since. Times to do it. That's right. Had their had their that's number right. ever since. You know, we we. Own the Vol- Felipe Franks is the Vol's daddy. Um, <laughs> he actually just accepted my follow request on Instagram. Yeah, I thought he was gonna follow me back. He didn't follow me back. But you know, ho- no hard feelings. I get it. It's just thank you, Felipe, for <laughs> accepting my follow request. Uh, but okay, look, that's enough about the Vols. I'm sick of hearing of them. They're done. They're garbage. Bottom of the SEC. Okay, <clears throat> let's go ahead and preview this week's game against Florida right. in Gainesville. Uh, okay, so what does success look like for you? In that game, you think? Uh, well, okay. Let me let me go ahead and tell you. Wait, hold on. What are you doing? It sounds like you're hammering hammering something. Oh, I'm sorry. You, yeah, you, sorry. You, it's okay. You need to stop that. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot where I was. You're, you're good. You're good. Um. Well, for first of all, let's see what success looked like this season for me. Success this season for me was if we went one and nine and beat the Volunteers, we we had a successful season. So that is done. Okay, so we could lose out, and I'd just be the happiest person on the planet. But we won't, and I don't want us to. What success looked like to me is going to Gainesville, putting up a fight, covering the spread, moving to seven zero, seven and zero against the spread. That would be a successful football game for me. Have we played a game we weren't the underdogs? You know, the line moved against Ole Miss at the very end to us as favorites minus 110 money line. Other than that, really? we have been underdogs in every single game. That's crazy. Well, And then they were the dogs pretty much right up until game time, though. I mean, because it yeah, opened right up at, until game time. at like Ole Miss in three and a half or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something like that. So, yeah. Well, and that's the schedule we got. Yeah. We think we got the toughest schedule in college football history. Because they decided to give us Florida and Georgia. Now, what would be sweet? What would be sweet is if we could go in there and clip Florida. Now, and it ain't gonna. We're not gonna win a close game in Florida. Not, not. It's not gonna happen. I've yeah. been in too many close games with Florida when they're contending for a, a, a conference championship, and you're not gonna win that game. The referees will not allow it. Uh, you can say you can call me what you want. Referees will not allow. It. We have to go. We would have to go in there and. Beat the dog snot out of them. I agree. I agree. To win that ball, that's game. a real tall task. Florida's playing great football. It's a right very now. tall task. But they you are. know, there's going to be some emotion behind it because you know, and I'm okay with the. They haven't played on. You know, that's one thing about the Hogs. They have not played on emotion all year long. Sign no, of a great they have not. Uh, of an uh, uh, of a very well coached football team. Um, I think that maybe you know they take on what is it they say? Remember the Titans' attitude reflects leadership. Yeah, you know Sam Pittman doesn't get too riled up. Now he got riled up uh, when <laughs> that when that Tennessee player went down with a cramp. Oh, I would too. Uh, that was it wasn't a cramp. We were trying to go fast. Uh, don't, oh, even, don't get me started on the balls. They suck. They suck. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, I, I lost my train of thought. I got so heated. What were what were we saying? <laughs> 
I, I don't even I don't even <laughs> we were talking about um, uh, playing on emotion. Yeah, we're playing. Okay, so there's going to be a lot of mo- emotion in this game because Pittman won't Can be we just there. Cut rewind. Right <laughs> <laughs> Pittman won't. Pittman won't be there. They're going to be playing for him, you know. Uh, Felipe Frank's going back to the swamp. He's got something to prove. This whole team still has something to prove. Uh, you could come out and see a fiery football team. Uh, you could see him jump out early. You could shoot. You could even see him leading at halftime. It's going I to hope be. We don't see him jump out early. Well, the only time we jumped out early, we got stomped. That's not true. We went up twenty to zero against Ole Miss. Yeah, and still beat them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So I will. I wouldn't say that. Um. Uh, but I would say that. If we jump out early, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised with the lead at halftime. Um, it's going to be how the second half is played, I think. Um, how the emotions get under control, and if we, you know, on paper, they're a much better football team. They are. I mean, it's it's yeah, not a yeah. secret. Um, it's just <laughs> it's just a fact. But I think that if we can get up, you know, bigger, big in the first half and hold them a little bit here, there, and second, you know, we got a shot. I'm not going to pick Arkansas well, to win this weekend, though. I'll, I'll tell you that. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to pick them to win. The money line's paying like eight dollars. You know, it's not even two to one. Uh, you know, so yeah. e- even with the money line, yeah. You know, so I, I and I'm. I think that you know. Do I think we could go in there and win? Yeah. Under the right circumstances, we could absolutely go in there and win. Do I think we could go in there and play them close? Yeah, we could. But what I don't think is that victory is going to be the yardstick that we uh, measure success for this ball game. Well, no, I, now, I, I totally. I, agree. I mean, we're no, we're nobody, not nobody's going to get on that airplane and go down there and lose, or expect to lose, or no, be happy with not. losing. Which is big. But I don't. I, but I don't think that's how we gauge success. Now, and and I think that's what gives us the best chance to win. Yeah. I get that. No, I completely agree. You know, if they go out there, if they get, I mean, if they get absolutely walloped, no one would blame them. Nobody. No, that's what, that's what they expected when they gave them the game. Exactly. No one would blame them one bit. Um, this is just supposed to be a tune-up for Florida. And I, would, I wouldn't blame them either. I, I, I would not. If, if the Razorbacks went out there and they got throttled, I I would not be mad. Like I'd be I'd be upset that they lost, obviously. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be like you know this is, you know this is uh this is awful. This is an embarrassment, you know, because it's what's supposed to happen. I mean, they're seventeen point favorites, but for that reason, I do not think it will be, uh, just a beating. I really don't think it will be. Well, I think Sam Pittman said it himself after the second game. The days of this team going out and embarrassing themselves is over. Absolutely. So I don't. Uh, now, can we go out there and, you know, make some mistakes? Yeah. But you know what? Florida could, too. Yeah. As I, I, I Coward Coso used to say, that's why they play the game. <laughs> well, okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and give us a score prediction, and then we'll take it We'll take it home. I, I, I'm never going to pick against the Razorbacks. So, I'm going to say <laughs> the Razorbacks 31, Florida 28. Wow. Squeaker. All right, yeah. well, I got you. I'm yeah. gonna go. With the, I, I'm gonna go on the realistic side, okay? Uh, wow. Well, let, let me just say before you go, I would rather be wrong than go against the hog. Yeah. Well, you know, as as somebody that's trying to break into media, I've got kind of got to be unbiased right here with my pick. Um, so I'm good. This, this is through the. A. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't change my pick. I think I think the hogs lose by ten. I think it's thirty. Okay. I think it's thirty-one twenty-one Florida. 
I hope I'm wrong. I'd rather expect us to lose and them win than uh, than pick the Hogs to win and us go out there and get killed 100 well, percent of the time. You, let me tell you. I don't what the know great where your is going to be. The great equalizer is going to be if Barry Odom can come up with the same a, a similar scheme to stop Trask that he had to stop Corral and 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 Mississippi State's quarterback and Tennessee's three quarterbacks. That's going to be the great equalizer right there I because I think we're going to be able, we're going to be able to score points. We may not be able to score points in every quarter, but I'm going to tell you something. If we ever get an opportunity to see the team that we saw in the third quarter play four full quarters, it's going to be scary. And we will. We'll get there, but we're not there yet. Oh I mean, yeah, we're, okay, we're not that's there. Right. That's right. Uh, but no, we will get there. I don't think anybody expected to be. Well, I don't think you're going to find anybody that's got their head down about this football team. No. If if you if you do, then they're just typically somebody's always got their head down. Yeah. You absolutely. <laughs> they're not. They're not glasses half empty. Uh, actually, their glasses got a hole in it. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just that's just how they live life. Absolutely. You know? I don't, and I don't understand how people go through life like that, but whatever. Yeah. You know. So six o'clock Saturday night. Hogs and Gators from the swamp. And then they set the uh, set the LSU game for 11 a.m. on November 21st, so we'll be more sure and come back and preview that game before duck season opens. Same weekend. That's going to be a pretty big weekend. That's going to do it for through the A for Razorback Dave and the Common Fans Austin Dunstan. Thank you for joining us. Go Hogs! We'll see you next week.